You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. You're listening to the Pull Box Podcast. The International Graphic Novel Book Club. Here are your hosts, Curtis Finley and Michael Cohen. Hello there and welcome back to another episode of the Pullbox Podcast. This is episode number 64 and I am your host, Curtis Findlay. And I am your other host, Michael Cohen, still suffering from a cold because we record these all in one day. Man, this cold so, lasted a whole yeah, month. <laughs> it's, you know, I really have to apologize. I apologize the first one that we recorded tonight. I'll apologize at the end again because like hopefully next time uh, we record in, in, a, in, in about three weeks time, I, I won't be sick again (laughs) but i but i have a kid now so (laughs) i i feel like like they're they're just like little bacteria magnets right just wait till your kid enters school yeah once they go to school yeah but (laughs) crystal takes her all over the place she takes car to like the library and yeah these kid group like uh just got like just avoid mall play pits Oh, areas yeah. they they are the worst that my kids come back sick every, every time. single time we go into a mall play area that's like the swimming pool right like the swimming, the swimming pool is better is it is oh it yes better? okay okay good, good <laughs> note for everybody out there keep your kids out of the mall play oh area. man it's the worst or at least have a good dose of uh um, sanitizer with you so so speaking of disease infested pits oh what are we what are we reading in this episode we are this is our reader poll and we yeah. really apologize because <laughs> we really like to we want yeah. to like all of the reader polls because yeah. they're suggested by you guys but we just couldn't get on board with this one this this book has two strikes against it going into it um actually i should say three um, but one of them is kind of a sub strike on on the main strike. Uh, the, the first, first is new fifty. The first is new fifty two. The second is that it's Batman. So um, it takes a lot to impress me with a Batman story. It happens. There are Batman stories that I absolutely love, but I also think that there's a lot of really sloppy, lazy Batman writing out there. Um, and uh, unfortunately, this is. I think that this is one of those books. Um, and the weird thing is that it is Scott Snyder who is like the Batman guy. Before we started this episode, I was, I was bringing Curtis up to speed on some of the stuff that Dan Slott's doing with Spider-Man. And I would consider Scott Snyder to be like for Batman right now, what Dan Slott is for For Spider-Man, right? Like they're these guys who grew up with the characters, know them so well. And yet, um, in this instance, it's like, it's almost... before we, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves because we haven't even really like we haven't even said what the title of the yeah. book is yet. So it's Batman Endgame, uh, which yeah. is which is the seventh volume of the New Fifty Two stuff. It's also published under the title Joker Endgame, yeah, which collects the same stuff plus a couple of uh, one shots okay. that deal with the fallout of this, okay, or something like that. So this is the story that takes place. Is it immediately following a death in the family, or um, I believe so? Yeah. Um, I, and, and it, this is, this is following, um, oh no, death in the family is volume three. Oh, okay. And this so, is volume 
This is volume seven. So a death in the family is the new 52 story that reintroduced the Joker and it reintroduced the Joker in new 52 as this new edgy, uh, because it's new 52 extreme version of the Joker who has like ripped his own face off and then sewn it back on for some reason. Um, right. Just in my opinion, very needlessly, I, 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 arch version of a character who is already arch enough like like this is the thing and this is going to be my chief complaint about this book and everything that they've done with the joker in new 52 the joker is already cranked up to 12 batman's at 11 right like batman is is a superhero on steroids um these days and it's one of my problems with him is that like batman just solves every problem he's ever encountered um often through contrivance and and uh, sometimes just by punching things which is not supposed to be his superpower um but the joker in order to always be a step ahead of batman is cranked up to 12 this the a, a death in the family although i haven't read it i've read up on it in order to know what's going on in this book um it seems like that's Joker cranked up past 12, like to 14. And then this book takes the Joker and just breaks the knob off. Like it just, for some reason, Scott Snyder felt the need to course correct the character by just destroying him outright. And so this to me is of all the Joker stories that I've read, because this is not a Batman book. It, it, like the the fact that it's also published as Joker Endgame yeah. could not be more apt because Batman is the secondary character in this story. Joker, even though it's not told from Joker's point of view, Joker is the main character. This is a story. Well, and we all Joker. blame Dark Knight for that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which like you can, I, I've said a lot of bad things about Dark Knight over the years because I think that it's a bit of a cheap thrill movie um, and it doesn't hold up on multiple viewings. But the one thing that holds up, perfectly every time is Heath Ledger's performance that version of the Joker um, the plot might have some issues his performance sells that movie regardless for sure right yeah Um, and you're willing to overlook it you're I'm willing to overlook Christian Bale as Batman who I (laughs) I personally think is the worst on-screen Batman and I know I'll take a lot of flack for that because people are like what about George Clooney it's like no George Clooney was playing Adam West Batman he wasn't playing a serious Batman. And here's Christian Bale going like this the whole time. It's like, how am yeah, I supposed to take that worst. seriously? <laughs> um, I, but but I played against the best Joker uh, on screen. Um, I, with the exception of Mark Hamill, who doesn't play him on screen, but voices him. Um, but uh, yeah, this, this version of Joker is just... Um, I think it's a bit of a betrayal of the character. I get it. We're going to jump ahead. I, <laughs> the, because in order to talk about the whole story, you have to get to what the heart of this story is. They give Joker superpowers in this. Right. Um, and that breaks the character because Batman doesn't have superpowers. So neither should the Joker because they're supposed to be reflections of one another when it's written properly. Right. And, you know, like if you want to go back to the to the golden age or the silver age uh, and talk about characters like the Joker, although I, Joker wasn't even around in golden age, was he? 
Oh, he, sure, he was in Batman was number he? one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, was he? Okay. Or, or uh, shortly after. Shortly he was yeah, okay. He was there from the beginning. Very soon. Um, I always think I always mix it up because I know like Lex Luthor doesn't show up until very late in the right. Superman comics. Well, Lex Luthor was wasn't he, I think he <clears throat> was first created for the like a radio drama or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there were other that might have been the fifties. Similar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I, 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 the Joker's gone through an evolution over the years. Yeah. But I would say since Batman the animated series. Um, there's a right way and a wrong way to do the Joker. Well, Batman, it's not the the definitive Joker came out. It was the eighties uh-huh. when Steve Englehart was doing his kind of dark detective. He kind of yeah, redefined. It was the laughing sure. fish, and like it was that was yeah, the, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. the Joker that is in Batman the animated okay. series. Yeah. This is why Curtis is here, so that he can he can give us the correct history on this stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, go check out. Um, it, I think it's collected under the title strange apparitions or something yeah. like that but that is the modern definitive batman right there which i think which i think you could you could argue kind of peaks with the killing joke because yep. you kind of have a point you, there's a there's a a, a a bc bce sort of situation <laughs> there uh, you have a before killing joke and after killing joke um because after the killing joke i think that um a lot of writers wanted to take Joker and make him extreme. Right. Right. Because yep. the killing joke, I, I pushes that character, um, but it right to the edge, to, to the edge, but to it the doesn't edge, go but over, not it. over it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's a very fine line to, to, to play with. Um, but I, I, the one key thing here is that the Joker, Batman can solve any problem, but the only problem he can't solve, like you put up against the Riddler, he'll defeat the Riddler every time, right? He'll always solve the Riddler's riddles. And that's what keeps the Riddler going, right? Is that like Batman's the only one who can solve my riddles. And it's, it's that. Can I create a riddle that's that even Batman can't solve? Yeah, exactly. But with the Joker, the thing about the Joker and Batman is that like the Joker is the one problem Batman will never be able to solve because he's unpredictable. Yeah, because Batman is logic and and uh, detective work and yeah. science, and, and the Joker Joker's, is chaos, yeah, completely and entropy and just like destruction, right? Yeah, and uh, and and the fact that the 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 universe has a dark sense of humor, right? Like the Joker is the personification of that. Um, but, but the last thing you would ever want to do ever want to do is give the Joker superpowers. The <laughs> only story I can think of that did it well was uh, Batman uh, Arkham Asylum, the video game. And that's because it's a video game. So you had to have a boss battle at the end. And so Joker injects himself with Bane Venom. And, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and then you fight him, right? But it's a very temporary thing. And it ends up setting up the story for the rest of the subsequent games. Because um, it's a super enhanced version of Bane Venom. And then it, he's dying from it afterwards. Uh. But uh, I, But what they did in this story is basically... Um, it's such a mess so it's really hard to explain but there's some sort of magical elixir underneath gotham coincidentally 
that somehow Joker manages to find after the events of Death in the Family. Um, well, I thought it was that he he's been living for a long time, so but, he already he already knew about. So that's where that's where this gets confusing, right? Is is in the sense that by the end of the story, it's really really unclear to me that's one interpretation is that the joker has been around um but the other interpretation is that is that the joker in his insane genius way managed to trick everybody into seeing him in all of these different versions right um and in sort of the same in i i think meant to sort of um meet up with the fact that that there are different incarnations of Batman throughout time as well. Yeah. Right? Um that that there are also these different incarnations of the Joker and Joker um the Joker that we know adopted this this persona uh based off of the Pale Man, I think is what they call him. Um Okay. Uh, I think that's how how they refer to him in sort of like this historical context, um, but uh, I, the way that I read it was that like by the end of it, Batman is like, yeah, no, I I see through it. You you never, you were never this immortal character. Like you've you found this legend and you've adopted it you've adopted it after the fact sort of thing in order to mess with me right okay um that but that this is one of the things where i say like the story is a mess because it's really really unclear um and and so joker has this elixir that like that comes from a meteorite and it's it's connected to vandal savage so i guess that's where we're supposed to go like oh cool it's connected to the larger dc continuity Um, It's like, you know, other characters have had small amounts of it. It's also connected to the to the Lazarus pit. Yeah. Um, But Joker has like the pure version of it. And it's why he's able to regenerate his face. And uh, and and it seems like, you know, he gets shot, but he's able to withstand it and and come back from it. Yeah, I figured it was just the Lazarus pit. Um, that he found underneath, but maybe they're rewriting what the Lazarus Pit is as well, because yeah. this is this is all just rebooted material, right? Yeah, basically. I uh, but I uh, but it sort of it sort of the story kind of drives Batman a little bit insane, and uh, it ends with Batman and Joker killing each other essentially. Right. Right. Or at least that's yep. what we're supposed to believe. Right. Like right. it's it's obviously a no body, no death situation where they're they're killed in a cave in. So either one. Oh, of yeah. Them they'll could, they'll, could they'll be back for sure. Yeah. But I mean, it set up the story for the future. Yeah. Like you were saying with Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. Because the story that follows this is Commissioner Gordon taking up the mantle of Batman in a giant bat mech suit which to me is like okay so you screwed up the joker now let's go write the antithesis of batman i guess um well it's fine i mean i i question why didn't you know nightwing or tim drake or somebody take up the mantle of batman instead yeah because they already Um, did that pre-new 52 right right, i guess so 
Or when was Batman Incorporated? That was was that a New Fifty Two thing? No, that ba- Batman Incorporated. It was just after because Batman died in Crisis, Infinite One of the Crisis, cri- yeah, Infinite Crisis. Um, but he didn't really die. He was transported. His essence was transported back in time by Darkseid's Omega beams, and then he. That's why I said there's different. Pesky Omega th- yeah, beams. there's different incarnations of Batman throughout time because he was like time jumping through nice. these different personas um, until he finally made his way back to the present day and took it became Batman again. And then Dick Grayson stepped down. That would, Dick Grayson was Batman in the era where I. I uh, Damien Wayne became oh, Robin yeah. Oh, yeah, for yeah, the yeah. first time, right? And they, so in New Fifty Two, then if they want to, yeah. they want to say we have a world without Batman. Someone's got to take up the Batman mantle. Yeah. I'm fine with them exploring the fact that Jim Gordon is going to do that, and he's an old guy and yeah. doesn't have the same sort of training or resources. So he's got to have this big mechanical yeah, suit. Sure, let's let's see how that plays out. I yeah, don't yeah, I don't yeah. mind that. Um, it could be terrible. I don't know. I have not a single person that I've talked, and I I have not had a single person recommend that to me. So here's the thing. <laughs> so we, so my guess is that it's not. It's maybe it's okay, but I don't think it's good. We read Court of Owls. We did, and which is the first New Fifty Two story, right? And we we liked it. Did we also read Gates of Gotham on the podcast? No, I've read Gates of Gotham. Okay, though, Gates of Gotham is the story right before Court of Owls. It, but I thought Court of Owls was Volume One. Gates of Gotham is like the last um, pre-New 52 story. Is it still Scott Snyder? <clears throat> yes. Okay. Um, it's It was Scott Snyder before he started taking over Batman everywhere. It was like Gates of Gotham was one of the first stories that he did that that everybody was like, holy crap, this guy really knows Batman because he basically rewrites the history of Gotham City and he gives the city a geography and it's actually really important even up until this book because um he's the one who puts like the the tower at the center of of uh of Gotham that yeah. uh, that was really important in in Court of Owls and it you when you look at the art Gotham has, I think it's five bridges or something like that, and those are the gates of Gotham, and that's all. The, all this geography is like important to the Court of Owls stuff, mm-hmm. so it's like carried through in everything else, um, and and even in this because like they talk about the catacombs and right. the, the yeah. caves underneath Gotham and and uh, the 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 uh, that the Court of Owls show up in this story, so it's all kind of connected. To the Gates of Gotham, which is actually a pre-New 52 story because Batman was the one comic that was largely unaffected by New 52. Except um, for they reintroduced the Joker. Except so, when they got to the Joker, yeah. So that's, that's kind of weird. So, yeah, well, and I enjoyed Court of Owls. I thought that was... It was. I thought yeah, it was good. I, 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 I thought that it was a great book because it was a detective story. Yeah. Batman defeats them with science at the end of it with his detective work and yeah. not with technology that just solves the problem which is a lot of what happens in this story so and i wonder if um if we had read all the subsequent volumes yeah. leading up to this if this would be a natural progression for where it is because what we've done is we've read volume one and, then and we've read seven. volume seven yeah. whereas scott snyder has had a whole i don't know a few years yeah to really build and naturally build up to this point it, maybe it wouldn't be so jarring but for us just jumping in yeah. here it's so different 
than Cordoval was so completely different. Very, yeah. Um, but it's, aside from that, um, taking the issues just one at a time even, yeah. it's like we get a completely pointless Justice League battle. Yep. Uh, we get a... Which was just for the comic covers. Like, yep. th- this... I think the biggest thing here, and I think the most interesting thing about the the book, is that this is, for me, the perfect example that I'll be able to point to for what was wrong with the New 52. Right. Um, because, uh, and, and, and I shouldn't say the New 52 specifically, because there's actually some really good stuff within New 52. Um, Just as a concept or yeah, as, a, as a mandate well, or something. It's more so, it's more so about the editorial staff. Um, Dan DiDio in particular, uh, and the way that he ran DC Comics up until the point that Jeff Johns was appointed. They created a position above editor-in-chief so that Jeff Johns <laughs> could rein everything in without them getting rid of Dan DiDio, which I think was interesting. Because um, he's now... he. Jeff Johns is like the chief creative officer or something like that for DC comics. So he, that's not just comics. That's also the TV shows. It's also the movies, but, um, but the, the first issue of this story, it, it ends up being somewhat relevant because the justice league needs to be put out of commission in order for the rest of this story to be able to take place. But the other thing is that it's a Batman story. Just don't mention the Justice League. Yeah, right. Just exactly. don't mention any of them. Because this all this whole thing only takes place over the course of what a week or something. Like yeah, they could easily be in outer space and have missed the whole thing. Yeah, Superman's fighting Zod somewhere. He's got bigger fish to fry. Maybe Mongol is stirring something up. I don't know what characters are still around in the movie. It was but... it was really just to to sell the book because you yeah. get all these superheroes it's, in one, and that you get totally to see Batman fight all of yeah. the other heroes, which is DC's thing. Let's put yeah. pit hero against hero. They love doing that. And Batman defeats all of them. Yeah. Big surprise right um but then it's it's not just that it's um we get another we get a pointless episode or issue with the court of owls where he fights yeah. this monster owl or something like yeah. that and it has no real ramification to the story at all at all gives him a little bit of information but he comes away from that saying i didn't really learn anything yeah um, so it was um it's just filler there's a lot of yeah. filler in here and not much meat at all to me it's really interesting because I feel like this. At first, I was like, "Oh, this was just their way of retconning Joker back to not being the guy with the face that was cut right. off." Yeah, he's drawn very much to look like the Jared Leto Joker minus the tattoos um, from Suicide Squad, which is interesting because this actually predates that by a little bit, um, by by probably a couple of years because yeah. Suicide Squad was last summer and New Fifty Two ended this last summer. But Endgame would have been. I don't remember what what does it say what year this was? Um, I can check. Um, but yeah, it's pre- it predates it by a couple of years, I think. But um, yeah, two thousand and fourteen and fifteen. Okay. Um, okay. So so yeah. So actually, it would have been right when they were ramping up to production. Well, and there probably was some influence because yeah. there's yeah yeah. So I think yep. I think there definitely was. Um, and and I I have yet to watch Suicide Squad. I've actually borrowed it from the library because I won't pay money to see it. But if I can watch it for free, I'll watch it for free just so that I can say that I saw it. Um, but one of the things that people say is that that Joker is like one of the worst versions of the Joker. So it'll be interesting to see how that stacks up against this one and what their similarities <laughs> are. But I felt like at first I was like, oh, this whole Lazarus pit, this 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 
uh, comet juice that he's using is like to fix that that plot point because they can't just have faceless Joker running around forever. They need to course yeah. correct that at some point. Um, but then at the end of the book, they just kill him. So you know, it's a it, it was a little bit weird. But so um, okay, so this convergence and rebirth, yeah, is that is this an um, I, I'm really not up on modern DC at all. So is yeah. this another complete overhaul? Like they're stopping the breaks and then starting <clears throat> over again? So New 52 broke the multiverse, right? Yeah. Um, and I mean, like there were there have been other crises that 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 shattered the multiverse, and we ended up with one true continuity, right? Yeah. I mean, like the the John Byrne Superman era was post-crisis and that crisis created one yeah. they're like, there's only one Earth now, right? There, right? there was crisis on infinite Earths and then after that everything's just back to one Earth. Um, convergence was was them bringing back the multiverse um, and bringing it all back at once. Um, it was really funny because when Convergence happened, I, I Secret War was happening at, with Marvel, and they were doing the same thing. It's so funny how like I don't know that they're necessarily stealing from each other's notes, but like Marvel and DC tend to do the same thing at the same time. It's it's just funny how that works. Um, but they were both stories about basically all of these different versions, the best parts of all of the different multiverses, all sort of coming together into one story. Okay. Um, and then post post convergence is rebirth, um, and actually we'll talk about it a little bit later. But my poll is uh, for for uh, this upcoming month is Superman Rebirth, um, and and in that like they used convergence to to course correct the entire DC continuity back to something that resembled a little bit more of the sort of the modern era of DC. So um, my question is, yeah. um, do, does it matter if Joker died at the end of this? No, it doesn't now, but it would have for subsequent, the subsequent what year and a half. Right. But at that point I would imagine they would have started already talking about sure. They already knew that they were going to kill. They were killing the Joker yeah. just to completely ignore it within a year's time. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's, it's still, you know, for me, it's like it's it's a very cheap, it's a very cheap thrill. Um, well, and I wonder also is that um, who's the editor in this book? Because I I know that you know the editor gets to call the shots on a lot of this stuff. Um, it does not does not credit an editor. Mark huh. Doyle, editor. Okay. Um, I don't know. No, that's the cult, that's, yeah original series. So because um because I know that um like the writer is hired by the editor to tell the stories the editor wants to tell. Yeah. yeah. So maybe this is not actually Scott Snyder's fault. <laughs> yeah, and you know this will forever be the biggest fault of Marvel and DC is that. Um, you get a great writer, you bring them on, and then you hamstring them by forcing them into scenarios because they have to they have to link things up to larger things like yeah. movie tie-ins, I, I, epic crossover events over the summer, or so all that. So sort of his stuff. nephew has an idea of a story, <laughs> so you got to put it in there. <laughs> yeah, so so it's that that'll forever be like the the franchised comics. Right. The big two, like that's their biggest issue, right? 
because you'll get something that's just humming along and it's a great story. And then all of a sudden they have to sidestep and bring in all this other stuff because Batman is teaming up with so-and-so yeah. for this comic. And that's going to derail whatever was going on before. Right. So I, I think, you know, like this might be one of those instances where they were trying to do something to bring it in line with Suicide Squad or... God knows what, right? Like at this point, it's so hard to keep track of everything that I, I why bother even trying? <laughs> that's my that's that's my approach to it. Why so. bother trying New well, Fifty Two? Why bother? With DC, I've taken the the wait and see approach. So I let other people go first. I used to be the guy who would jump in first. I was reading all the Superman books in issues for a really long time, probably about four or five years. Um, I guess that's not that long, but compared to some people, but, um, I, I new 52 was, was sort of like the last straw for me though. Like, uh, it, it just got to the point where I was like, none of these stories are going anywhere. They're mediocre at best and generally pretty terrible. Yeah. Um, and I jumped off and now it's just like, I'll, I'll just ask other people that I trust that I know are reading everything. Which is usually, it's usually a good idea, you know, the guys who work at the comic book store, because they have the unfettered access. They can read whatever they want without consequence. Yeah. Um, I ask them and, uh, and see what they have to say. So, so I asked Andrew who works at Metropolis Comics and Toys in in Burnaby, uh, which is where I get all my comics. And he was like, yeah, Superman's awesome. So. Well, that's good. So that's why, that's why I'm willing to And you trust his opinion. And I trust his opinion, but. But he said, you know, like Batman continues to be kind of it, like it, it's, it's still Scott, Scott Snyder. Uh, I think it is. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, okay. But it feels like it, he was saying that like it hasn't really recovered, right? That that like they they'll do some good stuff, but then it gets tied up in. Um, they were doing a cool story, and then all of a sudden, it had to. They had to divert because there was some tie-in that they had to do where oh, everybody brutal. all had to go over to this one place and yeah um yeah uh, it derailed batgirl of burnside and all that sort of thing okay um but yeah i i so i dc is just they're just stuck in that they're stuck in it more than marvel is i think um well part of it is the fan base yeah. now that really likes batman and they want this dark gritty yeah fighting punchy guy and murder like like that's the biggest thing is that like you go back to sort of the the beginning of the modern era of batman and it was still uh the joker was releasing joker gas right and so you know like joker gas kills eventually but but there's always enough time for batman to save everybody well they talk about that in this book too because he releases the the Joker gas of all yeah. Joker gases. Yeah, um, but uh, but nowadays it's like the Joker will just stab somebody, and it's like where's the art in that? Where's the where's the where's the joke? <laughs> right. right, like it's it, the the Joker is supposed to be motivated motivated by very yeah simple. Yeah, it's a ha ha. I'm right? so crazy. Look at me kill yeah. everybody, um, which makes him dangerous and insane for sure. But that's getting away from yeah yeah and it's just batman you can't give uh an eight-year-old a batman comic anymore yeah it's yeah it's just impossible like this one is extremely gory yeah 
Yeah, it is. It's 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 very graphic, um, and it's really more of a Watchmen style yeah. story than it is a DC style story. And I think that like that that is just it's just the wrong direction for these characters. They're supposed to be larger than life. They're supposed to be heroic. They're supposed to be examples. They're supposed to be iconography that 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 you know we can aspire to, right? Um, and and you that's know, the difference between Marvel and DC. Yeah. Absolutely, is that you know we talked about it on our last episode talking about Runaways, and that Marvel is very grounded and they're supposed to be characters that you can relate to, um, and you you know you see yourself in them. DC is the opposite of that. Like you're saying, Superman is an ideal to strive towards, and Batman is as well. Batman is the ideal that there's no problem that can't be solved with intelligence and quick wit, right? Like. Like I, I, human ingenuity will always save the day, um, and that's what Batman is supposed to be. He's the world's greatest detective, right? Yeah. Um, but that's not what Batman is anymore. Batman now is is I, a dude who hangs people upside down and screams at them, and and drops people off of buildings and. <laughs> And Which I, is, that's been part of him for a long time, yeah, but it hasn't been the focus. But but it's like the ends justify the means. And and that's not my Batman. That's never been my Batman, right? Yeah. Like that, obviously we grew up in the era of the animated series. Yeah. And so that is very much that Kevin Conroy Batman is the one that I'm always going to go back to. As he like, hangs people off the size of buildings in that he, show too. He does, he does. But I don't know that he ever drops anybody just to break their legs to prove a point. No. Um, no. So yeah, like there's just like a, there's a there's a line that Batman's not supposed to cross, and I feel like you can get him to cross it once every few years, for effect. For, for effect, yeah. Um, and it, but you got to really push him to that to that edge. I uh, but this Batman lives on the other side of that edge. Where like this Batman will just break limbs, yeah, and and like I, I brought up Arkham Asylum earlier, the Batman Arkham video games are a perfect example of this modern, postmodern era. I should refer to it as, uh, of Batman. Uh, in the Arkham games, Batman just slaughters people. Uh, he just snaps their their backs and like like the one of the the draws of that game is how brutal Batman is and like the fighting system is the, they call it like the free flow fighting system and and in it like you're racking up combos and as you rack up combos you have the ability to just grab guys and snap their backs over your knee and like break their arms and knock them senseless and like you do you will do this to like 30 guys at once wow like and that that's the version of Batman that people are all about these days. And right. to me, like yep. that's that's not Batman. Well, that's reflected in the movies and Yeah. Yeah. And that's just the way Although I, I do love those games, but <laughs> they're very fun. <laughs> but it's because they're video games. Yeah. yeah. It's also it's also that's also a ver- like an Elseworlds ver- version of Batman. Yeah. In a much more gritty hardcore world. Right. The comics to me should always try to maintain that certain amount of status quo um keep well, the heart of the character like it, it's 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 staying true to the source material yeah. i think and this doesn't necessarily i'm just reminded uh that this all started with frank miller yep frank yep. miller's dark knight returns because yep. that's where the brutal batman comes from yep. 
but that was only meant to be an Elseworlds type story. Yeah. It wasn't meant to be re- replacing yeah, the actual Batman. He's supposed to be the worst case scenario Batman, yeah. right? But now we've got that Batman as our real regular Batman. Yeah, he's the one that's in the movies. Yeah. Right? Like like he wears the the that, battle that suit, suit yeah. in the movie in yeah. Batman v Superman. That's the Batman that we live with on a daily basis. Yeah. And that I think that says something about our world, right? Like not to I don't want to get political, but uh, we will just slightly tangent into this. Things are kind of dark and gritty, <laughs> like like <laughs> like the joke, the 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 common Twitter joke that you keep seeing is like, I'm I'm kind of sick and tired of this dark and gritty reboot of America, right? And it's like <laughs> that's what that's the world that we're living in right yeah. now. Thankfully, Canada's doing a little bit better, but uh, only marginally, in my opinion. But uh, I things are kind of going to hell in a handbasket. And I think that, that pop culture plays a part in that. And I think a character as powerful as Batman in the pop culture consciousness, he's a reflection of it, but he's also going to like art, art reflects life, but life also reflects art. So, um, you get into this vicious circle that as Batman gets darker, we get darker and then Batman gets darker and we get darker. And you, yeah. at a certain point you gotta, somebody has to pull him out of that, you know? Um, thankfully there are still things like Batman brave and the bold that you can go to and enjoy. Well, that. I'm going to go see one of my new favorite versions of Batman yes. tomorrow at the movie theater. So am I. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Lego Batman. That's right. We both, we both, it, tomorrow is family day in, in British Columbia. So I, 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 I that's how you're choosing to oh, celebrate yeah. family day. Yep. Yeah. I think a lot of people are choosing to celebrate family day, uh, or at least this long weekend by going to see <laughs> the Lego Batman movie. Um, and yeah, and I think the Lego Batman, version of batman will arnett's version is a direct response to this stuff yeah to to stuff like batman endgame that, it's perfect that yeah. it's like it's gotten so dark and gritty that the only thing that's left to do is make fun of how stupid that is that it's just it's gone so the pendulum's swung so far to one side that now we just have to make fun of it um <laughs> and hopefully that'll begin to to swing it back the other way Right. Back, back towards something that's a little bit more in the middle, you know? And eventually, maybe it'll go all the way back to Batman 66. <laughs> that's okay, but, too. Uh, yeah, that's cool, too. Um, but uh, I think that's it. I think. Oh, it. yeah. I think Let's stop talking about Batman. Much, much like Scott Snyder has done with the characters Batman and Joker, we've done this one to death. Uh, <laughs> so let's, uh, let's wrap it up there. Um, I'm going to pick a good Batman story sometime. One that is quite acclaimed i mean i guess this one's acclaimed too but yeah for uh, something older yeah maybe i'll sure. pick out that steve Englehart strange apparitions like from the from the 80s so we that would be actually... cool because we don't actually with the with with i think the furthest we've gone back is like like red sun red or something sun, yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah it would be cool to actually go back like let's let's do some let's do some historical superhero stuff in the future instead okay. of trying to keep up with the modern stuff yeah. Cool. Uh, what, what do we got? What do we got next? Well, the next episode is uh, my pick. Um, I'm. Um, I forgot. Oh yeah, um, Old Man Logan. <laughs> Old Man okay. Logan, by the yeah. time this episode airs, um, you know, I don't. Th- yeah. By the time this episode airs, we will have seen 
Logan, yeah. the new Logan movie, and we're reading Old Man Logan by Mark Millar and Steve McNiven. So we are yes. going to go talk about that book and talk about it in the context of the movie that came out as well. As a matter of fact, let's do some cross-promotion because um, if if this is all timed right, there should be a, a spoiler cast that will either be happening soon because this is the future. When's uh this episode is going to air on We should have figured this March out March the recording. 6th. So that'll be the Monday after the release of Logan because Logan's okay. coming out on the 3rd. Okay. So let's go ahead and schedule that that spoiler cast <laughs> okay for the Friday so that everybody has the week to listen to this podcast and join us on the spoiler So cast. that's the 10th then. Yeah, so that's the 10th. Okay. Um, a week after Old Man Logan comes out. Okay. Or Logan. Is Logan. The movie. Yeah. Um, so you'll, yeah, like you'll, you'll have, uh, and and then you'll actually be really close to hearing us talk about the comic as nice. well. Nice. Cool. Um, so that'll be a nice, you know, we'll just cross promote all over the place with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, thunderquack.com and uh, youtube.com slash thunderquack podcast network. Right. So that's um, next week. And then the week after that yeah. is your pick for the month. Yeah, which I alluded to already, which is Superman Rebirth Volume 1. And then um, let's see. We didn't actually talk about a reader poll this we month, did we? We didn't pick um, a reader poll. I, we asked the, um, the, the people in our Thunderquack Patreon um, Facebook, Facebook group yeah. for suggestions. And the one that really stood out to me that I've actually been wanting to read a long time is yeah. uh, We Stand on Guard, which happens to be okay. another Brian K. Vaughn book. Yeah. But it's about Canada, the, so... I've read the first two issues. Okay. So. Yeah. Um, I'll have a lot to say. Good. I would like to choose that one. Sure. Yeah, let's do that. That one was suggested by Courtney, Courtney cool. Shrum. Yeah. Who is, all, we, uh, who is also one of our hosts on the Thundercrack Network. Yeah, and we've picked but a couple of her books already. Have, she just has good suggestions. She has good takes. Um, yeah. <clears throat> cool. Well, I, I guess that does it for this episode, and we will see you guys next time. Yeah, keep reading comics. For more episodes of the Pullbox Podcast, visit us at pullboxpodcast.com or on iTunes. You can find me on various social media websites. Just search for Curtis Findlay. That's Curtis with a K. You can follow me on Twitter at ArkWolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F, and, you know, on Tumblr and Instagram and all those other social medias as well. Uh, go to patreon.com slash thunderquack to support us, where you can kick in as little as a dollar and get a bunch of great rewards. The exclusive Thunderquack podcast, as well as access to the Facebook group. And by getting access to the Facebook group, you get that direct line to us to send us suggestions for what we should read on the podcast. If you like this podcast, you can check out other great podcasts on the Thunderquack Network by heading to thunderquack.com. 